toughness one night and then just doing what you're supposed to the next. That is where we begin covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. With JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor, Jerry Ratcliffe. Hootie, glad to have you back in the fast lane once again. The Virginia Cavaliers, they go 2-0 last week. Let's look at the NC State win because the Louisville one was expected. How big was it for Virginia? Even though they had a double-digit lead, they lost it. One of those dreaded for Virginia fans offensive droughts. They found a way to at least weather the storm, get the win, and backing it up with a win at Louisville, not exactly earth-shattering, keep themselves in the discussion as a team that they've got work to do, but could maybe play their way into NCAA tournament consideration. Well, Ed, I thought it was huge that they bounced back against NC State, a team that they had lost to by 16 uh, about two or three weeks early, earlier. And the fact that they, uh, you know, they, they pretty much remedied every problem they had down in Raleigh. They did have a little bit of a let-up in the second half. and But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you got to give State some credit for that. They weren't going to go down without a fight. And it was actually a bigger game for State because if they had beaten Virginia, it would have been a quad one win for them. But uh, it was not for Virginia. So State was kind of desperate in that regard. So it wasn't easy putting them away, but I think it was important that they did. And they continued on with, followed that up with a near perfect first half at Louisville. And uh, I guess it's hard to, when you're up by 30 points, it's hard to keep the pedal down. But uh, I think this team needs to develop a little bit more of a killer instinct going forward. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, you could even say the Louisville game is less an indication because that team's terrible. But NC State is an example of that. Um, how do you do that if you're Virginia? Are they closer having shown that? Or is that something that you know is just going to elude them all year, the killer instinct part? That's a good question. I don't know if I have the answer for that, but I know it's something that Tony Bennett and his staff are working on. They, they have, you got to give these guys credit. They have, they have tried just about everything that they can think of in turning this team around, and I think they have turned it around. They're probably still going to struggle against some of the upper echelon teams in the league, but. You know, they're playing a lot better basketball now, and, uh, and they seem to have discovered how to uh, remedy some of the weaknesses they had. And, uh, you know, the fact that Jordan Miner has come along in the middle has helped tremendously because not only is he a physical presence in the paint, but he sets really good screens, and that's something that wasn't happening before, and, and Virginia shooters need that. They need a lot of that. Meanwhile, the Virginia Lady Cavaliers, they get a victory against North Carolina. Top 15 North Carolina yesterday. They rallied. They get the win. That's a week after beating Florida State. But sandwiched in between that was a game against Pitt where Virginia loses, and uh, Coach Mox was extremely critical of her team. What does it say, though, about the fact that she's criticized her team, and if nothing else, they've at least responded a way where you believe they buy in as opposed to check out from her hard messaging? Well, it's still a pretty young team, and 
uh, you know, they've got two or three really good freshmen that are contributing to the team and some new faces. You know, at least they're winning some games this year. Last year in the ACC, they they sometimes weren't even that competitive. Uh, sometimes they were close, but just couldn't pull it off. But, you know, they've actually beaten two top 25 teams in the past week and a half. So I think they're moving forward with the program. And uh, it's just going to take time with some of these younger players to totally get it. But uh, Kamora Johnson's starting to put on a show with – 35 at NC State, 25 against Carolina. This this girl is uh, is going to be a star. She is. Virginia's got some pieces in place. May not be enough to get them to the top of the ACC this year, but uh, they got, they got a long way to go. Still, just two and seven in the ACC. But there are parts in place. All the parts are there for your knowledge consumption because they are at JerryRatcliffe.com and at Hootie underscore Ratcliffe on Twitter. Jerry, thank you for your time once again in the fast lane. Absolutely, Ed. See you next week. Jerry Ratcliffe with us here in the Fast Lane. Now to the Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokey, 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 hot. With the real D. Kane. That's what you know him if you're looking at his social media profiles. Also, David Cunningham of TechSideline.com. David, Virginia Tech, Lady Okies. We'll start off with that. They get a win yesterday at Syracuse. Liz Kitley, an off day, but Georgia Amor picking up the slack. Whether it's that or what we've seen at other times, the reverse, when Amor has been out of the lineup and Kitley's picked up the slack, what does it say again about the fact that you got two All-Americans who can carry a lot of the load and now other players are stepping up around them? Yeah, Ed, I think it's big. First of all, great to be with you as always. Kenny Brooks said yesterday on his post-game show that in the ACC, when you go on the road, you have to find a way to win in different ways. Virginia Tech did that on Sunday at Syracuse. That's a top 25 win on the road against a Syracuse team that just swept Notre Dame, who went and beat UConn. This is a Syracuse team that had only had one other previous ACC loss. That's a really good win for Virginia Tech, and the Hokies did it without Elizabeth Kitley carrying the majority of the load. Georgia Amor had 29, Matilda Eck had 14, Kayla King had 13. Carly Wenzel contributed huge minutes. Uh, Olivia Samuel came in and, and gave Virginia Tech a huge boost. He had, she had 12 rebounds. That, that is what Virginia Tech needs. That is the, kind of like the perfect recipe for the Hokies. I think if they can continue to mix and match and, and get contributions from across the board, they'll be really good and in a really good spot going forward. That's a good spot for the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies. They've got the right pieces in place. We can look at their long-term outlook later, but the short-term outlook for men's basketball is that they have a game tonight against the Duke Blue Devil team that they've been shaky at home against Clemson this past Saturday. They needed late free throws to get a one-point win, and even on the road, losing two. Ironically, the team just dispatch- Tech just dispatched in Blacksburg, but the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road. What opportunity is this for Virginia Tech to, uh, as a team right now, kind of on the bubble of the tournament, to solidify their status as a team that the metrics don't just love, but the committee might as well. Yeah, this is a good opportunity for Virginia Tech. Tech's won three straight games. Then you get a Duke team in Castle Coliseum at home on Big Monday in front of a great crowd. Duke barely escaped Clemson on Saturday. Needed kind of a, not a prayer, but but needed Clemson to turn the ball over four times in the last couple minutes and some free throws to go their way to get out of that one. Duke has Carolina on Saturday. This is an interesting spot for Virginia Tech. The Hokies 
They just played Georgia Tech on Saturday. They beat them. They're on a roll right now. They're playing good basketball. I think they're getting contributions similar to the women's team from everybody. Sean Padula and Hunter Couture didn't have to carry the load on Saturday. That is a big, big positive. If Robbie Baird, MJ Collins, Tyler Nickel, Elijah Poteet, phenomenal game for Virginia Tech against Georgia Tech. If those guys can continue to play well and elevate this team while Sean Padula and Hunter Couture are doing their thing, Virginia Tech, I think, can... can I, I, I mean, I think Virginia Tech may be, uh, have a really good chance to win this game, Ed, and not just by one or two points. I, I think the Hokies playing at home, completely different animal. They have only lost once here this year, and that was to Miami without Hunter Couture. They've won five of the last six against Duke in Blacksburg, including 2-0. and They're 2-0 and on Big Monday against Duke. This situation is almost perfect for Virginia Tech. Can the Hokies take advantage? We'll find out. David Cunningham will be there. He already is set up and posted at the Real Decon A Twitter and Instagram and TechSideline.com for recaps and other great content. David, thank you for your time today, as always, here in the Fast Lane. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Now to the Liberty Flames. With the play-by-play voice of the Liberty Flames, Alan York, who is there at Jacksonville, Alabama, for a game that was close down the stretch. And then an 11-2 run by the Gamecocks give them a convincing 73-62 victory, at least in the final score of that one. Alan, a pleasure to have you back in the fast lane. Glad to hear that your travel was safe and sound and that you're back here in the LBG. For the Flames going on the road in this one, how easy is it to overlook the fact that when you see a box score where it's an 11-point margin, this game was actually pretty close down the stretch with the Flames making a lot of runs, but just not quite being able to seize a convincing lead. Yeah, it's kind of been the the story with the the losses so far in league play. There's there's been four of them, and they've all been you know relatively tight. And you look at the two box scores with Jacksonville State; they've beaten Liberty twice now by a similar margin. But it was it was a good game. Um, it was a very physical game. Uh, you know, Jacksonville State's got some physical guards, and uh, Liberty does as well. And it's just they were able to get in the paint and, and get some and ones uh, down the stretch, and you know Liberty did cut a ten point uh, deficit down to two with four minutes left. You felt really good at the under four timeout, but you mentioned eleven two run Liberty uh, not able to really get in sync the last four minutes. I don't know if they hit a field goal. To be honest with you, maybe maybe a one down the stretch. So uh, they've been tight so far, and uh, we talk about you know uh, where's the, the mindset of the team? They're still ready and hungry and. Uh, big uh, road trip coming up out west uh, beginning Thursday to Mexico State. Yeah, that's a big one for Liberty, and we'll look ahead to that in just a moment. But you know, at the Jacksonville State game as well, Richie McKay uh, didn't seem to be all that thrilled with the fact that it was such a physical ball game You know, for the Flames. How do you adjust to that, especially when, I mean, this isn't to blame the referees, but sometimes you don't really know what you're getting, and it makes it hard for the players and coaches to quite get a grasp on how to play the game. Well, I don't think you're going to see Liberty. uh, uh, They're playing really hard. You know, when we say physical, that doesn't mean Liberty is not playing physical basketball because they're they're a tough group. And Coach wants them to play with the chip on their shoulder. Uh, And I'm not going to say, you know, you hit a couple more shots, maybe things open up a little bit. It was more so on the defensive end. Uh, you know, Kiki Tandy, you look at him, his his legs are like tree trunks. And he does a great job keeping the ball alive despite the, the double teams he got. He's really good with the basketball and can elude a double team. So it's not about playing harder or playing more physical. But Coach did mention, you know, the officials tell us to play one way and then they're 
calling it a different way. So that's this frustration part, especially on Saturday at Jacksonville State. Yes, it is, but you move on from that. You mentioned the trip to New Mexico State, followed by UTEP this coming Saturday, but the New Mexico State game is on Thursday for the Liberty Flames. This team, by and large, they've you know kind of rounded into form to an extent in Conference USA play. What's your takeaway in your initial preparation for a team that uh, the Aggies may be becoming as a school kind of a, a rival for Liberties in Conference USA across the board? Yeah, very well could. I'll be honest with you, too. I'm just kind of starting my dive into it. So I'm not the authority on answering that question uh, right now with the game coming up on Thursday. But you mentioned the rivalry. Obviously, uh, what has transpired from a football perspective, both teams coming into Conference USA at the same time. You might see that butt up. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, Ed, about rivalries. Most of them are within proximity to each other, and maybe Delaware could be that for Liberty. You just don't really know. But that is the next game on the schedule, and Coach McKay used to coach at New Mexico, so I know it's not New Mexico State, but he's kind of going back to a part of the country he knows really well. So uh, it's an important game. You know, Liberty right now, two and four in league play. You don't want to get too far behind the rest of the pack, which is kind of evened out. It's going to be a fight to the finish come March with every team in Conference USA. Alan, a pleasure to speak with you today. Travel safely out west and uh, get some good food while you're out there. All right, we'll do some Tex-Mex coming our way beginning uh, Wednesday, I think. So it'd be great. Thank you. Our pleasure. Alan York with us here in the Fast Lane. When we return part two of covering the Commonwealth, JMU, Radford, and the Commanders next here in the Fast Lane.